another live edition of the Patriots Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. Barth, I know you like to get into it right away, but a quick news item right off the top. Uh, sure. After some after some fill-ins, after some spots here and there, both on Pat's Beat and on the uh, Patriots Post Game Show, this show I am officially the new uh, the new host chair um, permanently. So. Um, Quickly, it's been a long time coming. Really excited for the opportunity. Been writing here for a couple of years, getting some on-air stuff. So uh, it's going to be good. I'm excited to finish off this with my friend Alex Barr from the Sports Hub. Uh, should be exciting as we get into it, as the Patriots continue on this road. So uh, that's my piece. Thanks, everyone, for always tuning in and watching. So uh, there we have it. So uh, like I said, I'm here with my my buddy Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, we are going to recap the Patriots' 27-24 loss to the Packers yesterday, which as an analyst and as a fan, it was definitely a heartbreaker. Uh, they had it right right up until the end, kind of let it go. Um, but Alex, I guess just initial thoughts quickly on the, on the loss before we kind of get into some uh, nitty-gritty stuff there. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a football game, it was a really fun game. There was a lot to sink your teeth into there. Really enjoyed sure. watching it just as a fan of the sport. Uh, major Big Ten vibes from the <laughs> Patriots. Like, I'm somebody who really hates the term moral victory. I, I really do. Oh, yeah. If you lose the game, you lose the game, right? The Patriots are 1-3. and three. They're in a big hole here. They're trying to chase a playoff spot. Really had a chance to gain some ground yesterday. But I, I think – and I see a lot of people today – really mad at the team you know how could they do this how could they do that it's pathetic 270 yards total offense you know how why are people saying that this is a good thing it, they lost and blah 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 and this is supposed to be boston and we're only supposed to care about titles we're not supposed to get happy for like right. close regular season losses. and i get that and i love that but mm-hmm. man when it's your third string quarterback at lambeau field against aaron Rodgers, you can't you know I'm not going to use that game to completely tear down the team. You just can't. Right. It's not fair. And by the way, not just the third string quarterback. They were down their top receiver. They were down their top corner. Kyle Duggar, another key player, is playing hurt. I mean, that was the JV squad going right. in, essentially going into Green Bay and making it a game. So, you know, concerned about where the team's at, but there's definitely some positives to take away from this game. Yeah, I would agree. But to disagree a tad it's like you are right there at the end and it really did feel like they just were playing to not lose at the end and it looked it it was like they they could have just you know gave a little bit more on the offensive end to kind of I know it's Bailey Zappi you you just said it but it's like I don't know give us something to go get your points when you're there at the 50 yard line but we'll get into all that um I guess we can start with the defense um we'll get into the offense later but the uh with the offense will be, you know, we'll talk heavily about the quarterback position and kind of yep. where all that's at. But some news on the defense to start the day. Um, Patriots re-signed for the fourth time now, uh, linebacker Jamie Collins. Um, and in a subsequent move, they released Harvey Lange, uh from the practice squad. So it's looking like Collins is going to start on the practice squad originally. Um, he'll probably end up being a game day elevation type of guy as we move forward for the first couple of weeks anyway, I assume. And then they'll maybe try and find that spot for him, depending on if it's there. Um, but overall, I thought the defense yesterday, there were some ups, there were some downs, um, especially at the linebacker position. So kind of curious to see what this what this Collins move means. Um, your initial thoughts kind of on the defense there and how they how they played throughout the day yeah, they, and, and, and build on the Collins move, too. Yeah, so a linebacker yeah. specifically, I thought the usage was really interesting yesterday. Jelani Tavaya played 75% of the snaps. The Packers seemed to attack him at times. He did make a, make a couple of plays, but he he was a liability at times. Mac Wilson barely played. Raquan yeah. McMillan didn't get a single defensive snap. He did play 16 special team snaps. This is after he missed last week's game with a thumb injury, was limited That's the weird. week before with that same injury. I don't really know what the deal is with him. It's very hard to figure that out, but yeah. – they clearly are, are still searching at linebacker. So bringing Jamie Collins in uh, adds, I, I, I think, we, we talked about this at the beginning. It's a very young group, and you can right. kind of see it. I think that's some of the issues. The guys are just getting beat by things like play action, getting caught up in motion, things like that. Collins is a guy who's seen some more football, is going to probably give you a little bit more in that regard. So that's an interesting signing. I thought in the secondary, excellent, excellent game from Jack Jones, obviously, and I'm sure we'll get into uh-huh. him. 
he really continues to grow and you can kind of see it in real time as he plays more football and he kind of starts to understand some of these NFL concepts and learn how he can take advantage of them. He wasn't perfect. He, I, again, he's, he's very aggressive. That's going to come. It, it's going to hurt and it's going to help, you know, on right. snap to snap basis, the tackling's going to come along, but he looked good. And they missed, they missed Lawrence guy up front. I thought Daniel yep. Foley got bullied a little bit. I thought Carl Davis mm-hmm. got bullied a little bit. Packers ran for 5.7 yards of carry kind of expected that coming in. So I, I liked what I saw in the secondary for the most part. Miles Bryant had another rough game. He, he yeah. kind of struggled to stay with Randall Cobb there. But I liked what I saw in the secondary, which is encouraging. Because when they get this defensive front figured out, and I believe they'll figure it out, Lawrence Guy is going to come back. Health, Lawrence Guy is going to get healthy at some point. Christian Barmore, it's not showing up in the stat sheet, but it's playing very well. Obviously, yeah, Judon's right. been excellent. Beast. Yep. If, when they get the linebackers figured out, the, the big question mark coming in was the secondary. How's the secondary going to look without a true number one corner? And it looks like that they may have some pieces back there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I for one, have to kind of eat my words, as you know, on Jelani Tavaya. Um, he's a guy who I have said since July now, I did not think he should have made this team. I didn't think he was that good in camp. I know you didn't think he was that good in camp, but we read the tea leaves on what Bill Belichick told us, and he said he was going to make this team. He made the team. He wasn't great in the first couple weeks. He held his own. At the beginning of yesterday's game, I had said it before and I tweeted it during the game as well. It looked like he had rocks in his cleats. He wasn't getting out. He wasn't he wasn't covering a lot of ground. I'm telling you, as soon as I hit tweet, the guy was a monster. And he was he was outstanding at the end of the at you know, in the back third of, or the back three quarters of yesterday's game. He was covering ground. He was getting to getting to the running backs out of the backfield. It was awesome. And uh I have to give props to Jelani Tavaya because he was a beast yesterday. Jack Jones, like you said, uh, something I wrote about on CLNSmedia.com today is we'll get into it with Jack Jones and we'll get into it with Bailey Zappi. For a team, a coach in Bel Belichick in a front office who has been given a lot of crap on their drafts over the last 10 years, their early round draft picks in 22 and 21 have been awesome. Jack Jones is one of them. I guess Bailey Zappi. We didn't see enough, but I, I put him in the category for now. Jack Jones yesterday really, really impressed me. Jalen Mill is obviously out with the hamstring. Jack, Jack Jones comes in. He had the highest coverage grade uh, per football, per pro football focus yesterday. Um, I believe he had something like five pass breakups. He obviously had the huge pick six on uh, Aaron Rodgers. Said after the game that he felt disrespected that he threw out routes on him. Uh, Kind of interesting to see him chirping at Aaron Aaron Rodgers already, but I like the confidence you got. You need it in a quarterback. Um, so yeah, good stuff, I guess, from the secondary. Um, those are some ups, I guess, some downs that I had written down. The Packers went three for three in the red zone the week before. The Ravens had gone five for five in the red zone, and ultimately Green Bay kind of ran it down their throats. AJ Dillon had seventy three yards on the ground, and Aaron Jones had one hundred ten yards on the ground. So some hit or miss stuff on the defense yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, no, I sure. Um, and then we have, I guess Jack Jones is one of them and Marcus Jones is the other Jones defensive back who really made, uh, made some moves in the special teams games yesterday. I don't know what, what you have on kind of his, his role as the new kick return punt returner. Yeah. I, I, I think I've said this on the show before. I, I think, my uh, uh Marcus Jones a good corner I, I do a good slot corner and yeah. there is a conversation now it's, it's time to start having about I think Miles Bryant I think the reason they like Miles Bryant is Miles Bryant's a very intelligent football player right he he's not yeah. going to blow assignments he's not going to be caught out of position he's not going to get fooled but he's just physically just a step behind where he needs to be I think that's kind of clear at this point so I understand that they they trust Miles Bryant in terms of his football IQ and his experience but they got to start trying Marcus Jones in that spot. Um, that being that all being said, is Marcus Jones a top 100 pick based on his corner tape at Houston and his borderline? The reason he yeah. went as high as he did is because of what he brings to kick return. He's the best returner kick and punt in right. the nation last year, has mm-hmm. been among the best returners in the nation, was throughout his entire four-year college career. So you don't you can't draft him and not have him return like that's his game right and you saw why completely dynamic game changer in the return game multiple punt returns of over 20 yards you talk about if the Patriots had had their full offense right if you have Mac Jones you can actually move yep. the ball 
that return late in the game where he gets the ball up to the 50. I mean, that's a potentially game winning play right there. So yeah, I love that they gave him the shot of hunt returner. That's something that should stick. Uh, mm-hmm. His ball skills seem improved. He had some muffs early on in camp and he talked about how in the NFL, the ball maybe comes off the foot of the punter a little different. The trajectory is different. The spin's different. That's something you got to get used to. You can't right. throw him back there when he's not used to that or he's going to start muffing kicks, but he seems ready. If they believe he's ready, then he should be the guy, no questions asked, moving forward. Football season is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Kudos to both Jones. Both rookie Jones had an awesome game yesterday. Let's talk a little bit more. You kind of jog my memory here, I guess, about Miles Bryant. Because, yeah, like you said, he's a smart player. You can trust him in spots. But he was getting beat by... Uh, who we thought was 45 years old, Randall Cobb yesterday. So like does assuming Mills gets healthy, right. And what we saw from Jack Jones yesterday, does Mills getting healthy, Jack Jones stepping in, ultimately they can shift some things around with Jonathan Jones. And is that going to make miles Bryan expend well in the back end? What do you think? So I think so. Like two or three weeks ago, I would have said yes. Cause I wasn't super. Remember I wasn't super into the idea of Jonathan Jones on the boundary. I didn't think he wasn't going to be able to do it. I just thought I I didn't think he was going to be able to do it this well, right? He's been excellent. So I I don't, I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't know if I want to take Jonathan Jones off the boundary. I I think it becomes a matchup thing. Like certainly there's a, there's a setup where miles We're sorry, where Jonathan, so many Jones to keep track of. So I'm going to stumble over this. There's certainly a setup where, and then then Jalen Mills, there's another J in there, you know, Jalen, Jack, John, it's anyway, it's crazy. There's certainly a world where Jalen Mills and Jack Jones are your boundary corners with Marcus Jones in the slot. I certainly, or sorry, with Jonathan Jones in the slot. I certainly think there's a way that works. You also can keep Jonathan Jones on the outside spell. Cause what they really like, what they really want to do, you go back to what the defense was in like 2018, right? They really had three guys on the boundary in Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, Jason McCourty, who played almost 70% of the snaps that year as a rotational corner because what Mm -hmm. they like to do is if they can keep those guys fresh and, you know, for every two routes, the receiver's running, their corner's only running one, that can have an impact late in the game. The corners have their legs under them more so. So you could figure it out in the slot, whether it is Miles Bryant, whether it is Marcus Jones, and this is what I think you'll see, where Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones, and Jalen Mills all sort of rotate on the boundary and you still probably have Jonathan Jones and and Jalen Mills is your top two, because I think that they're going to want the experience out there. But Mm -hmm. I think you see a situation where it's Jonathan Jones, like 90% of the time, uh, 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 Jalen Mills, like 75, 80. And then you're going to see Jack Jones somewhere in the 65, 70% range, assuming everybody's healthy. That's probably the setup they would want. It's not a bad setup. Because I do like the idea of rotating the corners and keep every, keeping everybody fresh as right. long as two things. As, as long as Jonathan Jones continues to hold up on the outside. And yeah, I would say Jack key. Jones, too. Like, he played well. But mm-hmm. for the most part, he's still very aggressive. He's still learning. There are a couple of times he maybe could have been beat. Right. Right. He's um, a ball hawk and it. It's going to help but, him or hurt him. But rotating him is going to help with that because you limit the, right. the exposure. Um, so as long as everybody stays healthy and as long as you get competent play in the slot, whether it is Miles Bryant, whether it is Marcus Jones, whether it's Sean Wade, who was right. to me Sean a surprise Wade. at DNP yesterday, given yeah. the lack of depth at corner, they only use three corners. But I, I do think that what you're going to end up seeing is more of a rotation at corner once everybody's healthy. The other thing that does real quick, I know you want to jump in. No, you're good. If J- if Jalen Mills, because hamstrings can be quick, can be tricky, yeah. right? If Jalen Mills needs another week, they maybe feel more confident now in giving him another week and not rushing him back and risking him aggravating that. Right. So question, I have a question for you on the cornerback position. Yeah. Obviously I know this, obviously I know this game. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. As far as Jack Jones as a cornerback, you tell me 
and because you probably know this better than I do, could is there a situation where it's John Jones and Jalen Mills on the outside, and you put Jack Jones in the slot? What kind, like because he's a he's a skinnier player, he's a ball hawking player, he's not really that like. I guess he's he's rather he's large, I guess, but he's lanky. Right. So can you can you put him in the slot? Or like, what do you think of that? I mean, they they could, and I assume so. they'll try it because they like to try guys everywhere. But right. the two things I would worry about again, it's it's really tough to ball hawk in the middle of the field. This is part of what I yeah. like about Marcus Jones. He actually does sort of ball hawk as a slot corner, which is super rare. I'm not yeah. sure how well Jack Jones' approach translates to the slot. And the other thing is. The, the, the thing he does need to kind of really work on in, in the one whole big hole in his game right now, which is not uncommon for a young cornerback, is tackling. He needs to be a better yeah. tackler. Your slot right. corners need to be able to tackle because those are yak guys they're defending. So yeah, he might get point. a look there, here, or there, just, just for them to see it. But he's he's a boundary corner to me right now. He's just a boundary corner. I don't know how much positional versatility he has yeah no that's a good point and you look at it too with the the tackling ability right I mean the the force fumble he had yesterday if he doesn't I mean Adrian Phillips essentially made the tackle and Jack Jones came in and forced the fumble but like that's not that's not a a play where you're going to come down with a tackle that's a play where you're either going to pop the ball out or the guy's going to keep running so it's more about he had good form there but you know he's trying to tackle Alan Lazard high Lazard who's much bigger than him like he can't you got to go low against slot guys. If you try to tackle them high like that, they're good. Think about all the times like corners try to tackle Julian Edelman high, right? It never ends well. Right. So no. his tackling's just, I don't think, quite there for him to play in the slot. Yeah. Um, any more thoughts on defense there uh, from yesterday's game? I'll just reiterate it again because I saw some people talking about it in the chat. Don't yeah. be fooled that you haven't heard Christian Barmore's name a ton into thinking that he's not having yeah. a good year. He's been immensely impactful. I thought, you know, the interception they had last week on Lamar, that was Barmore pushing the pocket up the middle. It's not going to show up in the box score, but it was a hell of a play. He did the same similar things in this game again, where he maybe didn't get a sack or a quarterback hit or whatever, but he was pushing the pocket up the middle, forcing Aaron Rodgers into other pass rushers, made a couple plays in the run game as well. So I would just urge people on that. Chris Barmore has been fine. He's been good. It's, you know, if you watched Vince Wilfork's hall of fame and, you know, induction, different sorts of players, but he kind of talked about when you're going to two gap in new England, you're not going to get stats. Your job is to create opportunities where everybody else gets stats. Yep, muck it up. And that's what, that's what Christian Barmore is doing right now. He's two gapping. He's doing it at a high level. It's not showing up in the mm-hmm. box score, but you know, go watch the game back. You're going to see him. Definitely. He's, he's in the quarterback space or he's near the ball in the rushing game more often than not. No. Yeah. hundred percent. I noticed that too. He was in there mucking it up yesterday, like all yeah. day on, yeah. on the, especially on the, there were plays to be had as far as the running backs and everything. They they obviously let up a bunch of yards on the ground. They weren't great against the run yesterday, but on the plays that they were, Christian Barmer was right there mucking it up. So right. he's another guy that I'll I kind of tell tell back to you know my my what I wrote today on CLNS just about uh, young draft picks that Belichick and his kind of crew have brought in in the first couple of rounds. He's another guy who it's a clear hit in the draft over the last two years. So. Sure. Something's something something's changing on that front because they 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 brought in some dudes. Um, we talked about the Joneses. We talked about the cornerback position. We talked about uh, those guys. Sort of, I'm gonna keep uh, keep referring to it this way. But they're trying to win some jobs. So let's talk about jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's getting towards the end of 2022, so what better way to finish the year strong than with the right team member? LinkedIn Jobs, LinkedIn Jobs makes it super easy to post your jobs, and then once you do, you add you can add the job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that your company is hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering high-quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com beat. That's linkedin.com beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's talk offense. Um, yep. The offense yesterday, it was it was an experiment, I guess, if you want to say it. I thought they looked really good once again. 
on I and I tweeted about this a bunch yesterday. They look really good on their like opening half scripted drives. Yeah. And I wrote down I tweeted a bunch of stats and I brought them here because as bad as this offense can be at times, as stagnant as they can be, versus the Dolphins, first drive, eight plays, 52 yards, Mac threw the pick in the end zone that people thought was P.I. After the half, 15 plays, 92 yards, touchdown. Versus the Steelers, first, first drive, 13 plays, 71 yards, field goal. After half, 11 plays, 41 yards, missed field goal. You're in scoring range. First, first the Ravens, their first drive stunk. It was four plays, 26 yards. They punted right away, four, three and out, four and out, whatever. After the half, though, they came in with seven plays, 75 yards, and a touchdown. First, the Packers yesterday, their first drive with Brian Hoyer was 10 plays, 56 yards, in field goal range to kick the field goal good. And after the half, you have your third string guy in Bailey Zappi, seven plays, 75 yards, and a touchdown. That might sound like word salad to a lot of people, and I just kind of rattled off a bunch of nonsense, but I think that kind of means something. It means that they have... The ability to scheme something up, go down the field and score. I don't want to call it at will because it's not at will, right? But they're able to look at their opponent and scheme something up for a 10-play drive and go score. Can a lot of teams do that? Yeah, sure. But I don't know. It's, a, it's telling me something about Matt Patricia kind of and what they have on the offensive side of the ball with play callers, I guess, because I think Patricia called his best game as a pro yesterday. Granted, it's been four games, but that was his best game play calling. Yeah, I'd say, you know, the issue with the, those drives have been, you know, turnover, the one against right. the Steelers, you had a penalty on Isaiah Wynn that kind of backed them up, put them at what a first and fifteen, a first and twenty. Yeah. Right? That that kind of screwed them. Um against Baltimore, there was like a drop, or maybe there was a penalty now. I forget. There was something yeah. like that's something what's gonna kill them. The scripted draws are working. Look, I did Matt Patricia call his best game yesterday. Yes. He did it by calling the most conservative offense possible. Of course. It's People are patting him on the back for calling a good game for Bailey Zappi. But yeah, because he gave him nothing to do. So Okay, but they also – I want to I wanna cut that off for a second because they gave him nothing to do, but they also – they called play action at, like, really good times. They established the so, run that so they can't the other, do, yes. and then they called this play action that is clearly wide open, and it's like, why aren't we running play action more? So And to kind well, of bounce off the scripted drives – just sorry to cut you off again. but No, no it's fine. So, sorry, not sorry, but three – in three out of four games, they've scored a touchdown out of the half. That's yeah. that's something to say. Continue. No, that's, but but that's what kills me, right? Oh, yeah, they call this great offense with Zappy, play action, gap run, all this stuff we've wanted with Mac. Why can't they call that for Mac, right? Like, give Mac that playbook and open it up a little bit, and, and things probably look different. So that's what kills me with that. Yes, Matt Patricia called his best game as a pro. Why did it take them getting to the third string quarterback for that to happen? So I'm not I I struggle to take a victory lap on that. Yeah, Patricia can call those plays. The fact that he thinks those are some like baby safe plays is mind-blowing to me. So it was look, it was it was great to see them move the ball, at, at least early on. They, it still wasn't, they were three for eleven on third down. They averaged yeah. about four yards per play. Again, it's all versus expectations. Yeah, it looked really good given the expectations for the game with Brian Hoyer. And then when Brian Hoyer goes out, Bailey Zappi, you expect to be a turnover mess. You expect him not to move the ball at all. And they did a little bit, mostly on the ground, because again, they ran gap and the offensive line, for the most part, you know, we'll, we'll get to the one, yeah. the one exception here. But in that really second well. half, the offensive line looked as good as it has all season, looked as good as it had going back to like the middle of last season. So, I don't know that it's Patricia called his best game. I think it's more so they were forced to run an offense that actually suits their personnel, and they did it. And that's what it looked like handcuffed. Imagine if they ran that offense that suits their personnel with the actual personnel in the game, with Mac and with Jacoby Myers and with a functioning right tackle. You know, might actually look good. Right. It might work. Again, it's like you said, let's kind of get into that a bit more because last night on the postgame, me and John were talking and I kind of said like, well, why can't they just, you know, it's in games against um, Buffalo last year, right? That's a little bit of a different story because it was, it was pouring rain, but in games against Buffalo last year, when you have to change it up and you have to go back to your roots in games against Kansas city two years ago, when things are mucked up, cams out, you're putting in horror, you have to go back to your roots yesterday in, uh, in green Bay max out, you got to go back to your roots. 
three games they've had to do this, and they've had success in every single one of them. I know they ended up losing to Kansas City, but they they kept it competitive in the end. They beat Buffalo, and they kept this one competitive right until overtime. So it's like this whole change in offensive scheme with Mac Jones this year, bringing in this Shanahan type thing, and you know, it looked like they were kind of slinging the ball all over the yard against Baltimore. Not that Mac played poorly, but he also had three interceptions that he didn't have to throw. So it's like, is this is this their recipe moving forward? Do they kind of have to get back to this with, like you said, this the you get your better personnel in there? Do they go back to this going forward? I'd like to think so. I don't think they will. Yeah, but I, I would like to think so. So it you also, don't think I, they will. Okay. I mean, some of it is too. It looks a lot better when the offensive line blocks. I thought the offensive line had, had yeah. you know, they played okay in Pittsburgh. They, they were brutal against the Dolphins. I did not think they had a good game against Baltimore. Look no. what happens when the offensive line clicks and they can actually run the ball. It all, you know, it all changes. I know. it's And let's let's kind of bring this, let's loop this in, then let's talk offensive line because we have this here. Isaiah Wynn, first-round pick in 2018, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yep, the because that was the year that they took him and Sony before Lamar. Uh, he's been serviceable here. He's on his fifth year option. He's been a pretty good tackle piece, and he was awful yesterday. He was letting up sacks left and right. He was letting in guys left and right. He ends up getting benched for Marcus Cannon. It looks like to me a body language issue. It looks like he's not bought in because he's a guy where he's been pretty good in the past when he is bought in, and now he's not. Similar to Trent Brown in a way. In your opinion, what's up with Isaiah Wynn? He gets benched for Marcus Cannon. Is this permanent? Is this temporary? Where do they go here from the offensive line? Because they look so good outside of it. Cole Strange looks like a top 10 guard in the NFL already. Yeah. David Andrews, David oh. Andrews. Like, they're good across the front. What, are you are you shaking your head at top Cole 10 Strange guard? looks good. Let's, the top 10 guard is he, – he, he, looks, he looks like a first-round pick. At times. At times. Exactly. He looks uh, like a first-round pick. We can say that. Another – Another person I wrote about in my article today who, yep. again, recent young draft picks, they look really good. So Belichick's Oh, you wrote an there. article about the rookies, Mike? That's crazy. I don't think yeah, anybody else yeah, did that. I know. Okay. Oh, all right. Here we go. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Let's no, that's, that's part of what this job is. No, there's all of us. There, there's so many of us. There's only so I'm, I'm just I'm just screwing yeah, with you. That's, you that's, right. and trust me. I've been there, done that, the same thing. This so. is the beauty of this this new setup, me and Barth are allowed to go back and forth with each other and still get along up here because we're going to end up talking about Jimmy Garoppolo later, and that should be interesting. Make sure you stay yep. till the end. Anyway, um, so yeah, what's up with the offensive line? Isaiah wins benched third quarter. Is it permanent? What's what's going on? What do you think? Yeah, I uh, I don't think he's benched yet. Like, I don't think they're going to do it off one game. I think you, you bench him for the game, and that's the wake-up call. You see how he responds next week against Detroit. Yeah. If he doesn't respond next week, then it's a serious conversation. Then you start talking about Marcus Cannon. And the other weird variable here is they really have no tackle depth, right? They traded Justin Haran. Yadni Kajus gets hurt. He's on IR. Kajus gets hurt. He's on IR. They only have three tackles left. It's Wynn Brown and Marcus Cannon, who's on the practice squad, only has two more elevations. I would think he's going to get an active roster spot because they need him. Maybe they go bring in somebody else. I I don't have the list of tackles in front of me right now, but – you know, if you bench win, you still he's still probably going to need to play, especially if they want to do some of that, you know, jumbo tight end stuff. You saw it yesterday yeah. where he'd come right. back in the game and they'd kick Marcus Cannon out to tackle. So it's all it's all kind of a mess right now. Well, I should say it's all a mess. I thought Trent Brown right. played his best game of the year yesterday. Trent Brown's excellent yesterday. And he looked bought in. It's a buy-in thing. It. You was... could see him pointed to yeah. the sideline, right? Keep running, get behind me, run behind me. You right. love to see that from Big Trent. That's awesome. Marshall New yeah, has a free, honestly. Ugh. I don't know. Say what you will about Marshall Newhouse turnstile as a whole. Turnstile Newhouse. He's a turnstile. Say what He's you will about Marshall Newhouse reason. as a whole. One, he okay. played out of position in New England. He'd never played right. He'd never played left tackle before. Two, I don't know that Marshall Newhouse ever had an individual game as bad as what I saw from Isaiah Wynn yesterday. I mean, that was that's look, a and, and, good way to put it, I guess. And Mike, you've you you've you've played this game at a higher level than I have. You can probably speak to this more than me. Getting beat, obviously, is never good if you're an offensive right. line. You don't want to get beat. You don't want that on tape. You're playing right. to not get beat. But when you get beat and it leads to the quarterback getting hurt, oh yeah, that that shows that that gets a little extra scrutiny, right? That gets put under the under the magnifying glass a little bit more. To then come yeah. out on the next play and commit or next two plays and commit penalties, it's mm-hmm. just it's rough. It's rough stuff. So again, I don't think he's 
benched yet. I think they're going to, they gave him the wake up call by pulling him from that game in the second half. This is a huge game for him against Detroit. He's got to show up because then you start talking about it. Then you really start talking about it. And yeah, he just looks, it's not like we've never, it's not like he's played like this his whole career. It's just, Hey man, he's not good. What do you want him to do? Right. Right. It's yeah. Good point in the chat. He almost got Bailey Zappi hurt as well. Right. Uh, Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, I don't understand how, like, like what you were talking about with the three, the three tight end sets or extended tight end sets, right? How, how you take out as a, like, you take Isaiah Wynn out, his confidence has got to be shot. He's getting benched for a 30-something-year-old Marcus Cannon who's, you know, been around. And you would think Isaiah Wynn because he's better than Marcus Cannon. But you get turned yeah. around like a turnstile to then have to get come back in and be like, oh, hey, we want to kick the other guy out. It's like, how do you get motivated to go try and make another block like that? It's tough. Well, so, he didn't look very motivated before. And that's what kills me. We've yeah, seen Wynn look better than this. He was never an elite NFL tackle. But he certainly, like you said earlier, he held his own through his first couple of years. Right. And he, he to earned me, ish his fifth year option, I guess. Right. And yes, playing left and right is different, but yeah. these issues aren't about the flip of the sides. These issues to me are just about motor. He's just giving up on yeah. place in the beginning, just oh laying blocks. He can't have that. He can't have right. that out there. So they're gonna need to figure it out. He's absolutely a player to watch against Detroit because this is this might be it. This might be the last straw for him here. And the other thing that kills me, really kills me, Mike. He's in a contract year. You know, we see sometimes guys sign the big contract and then sort of tap out, and it happens. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It happens. I've never seen a guy. You can't get up in a contract year. So not only do you like not if, care about like your team. Lamar Jackson right now was mailing it in. Like, right. it just doesn't make sense. But yeah. So not only do you not care about your teammates, not only can you not put the effort in your teammates, you can't put the effort in for yourself. Yeah. You can't you can't do this for yourself. Like that game yesterday, even if he comes out and he's fine the rest of the way, don't be mistaken, that game probably cost him millions of dollars. Oh yeah. 100%. So it's I mean it's Is a, it a, they don't they don't have a better option, right? Marcus Cannon might be a better option. They don't have a definitive better option right now. At least right. does you know it lo- doesn't look like that. So he's gonna get another shot, but it's teetering, man. It's teetering. Is it a Skarnakia thing? No, no, because it's not. It's not technique. Again, you go watch that Rashawn Gary play. Like he gets himself initially in position and then it's just sort of like he gets ahead of him almost to escort him. Right. When you, you want right. to open the door for somebody, but you're behind him. So you sort of run ahead to pull the door yeah. open. That's kind of what it looked like. He got back in his set and then right this way to the quarterback, Mr. Gary, please. Yeah, seriously. I, it's it, it really just looks like a motor thing. Yeah. Okay. Going back to what you said. Now that I have the, uh, I don't want to call it editorial authority, but we're going to show this in the chat really quick. You said, I played football at a higher level than you. I played yeah. Division three quarterback at Worcester State in Worcester, Massachusetts. I was a backup for three years. I got a couple starts in there. I had to answer this question. So I played a little bit higher than Barth, I guess. you. Yeah, of course. You want I to think say. that's um, higher. I, I think that's higher than uh, <laughs> the highest level I ever played quarterback, I think, was sixth grade Pop Warner. So, yes, okay. Hey, that's higher. it's something, though. You've done it. So, no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Played a little quarterback in D3 college. Um, so to answer, to kind of go off of that, though, yeah, it's not a good look when a guy is about to get his second quarterback hurt of the day making major penalties. It completely deflates your offense. It feels like you have nowhere to go. And then you got to bring in the backup who's, in theory, not as good. So it's just all around a disaster. So, yeah, Isaiah Wynn, uh, like you said, will be definitely a player to watch um, coming up on next Sunday against Detroit. So... Obviously, Brian Hoyer, let's let's talk quarterbacks a little bit here. Brian yeah. Hoyer starts the game, um, goes, I don't know what his exact stat line was, but he had a decent first drive, ha- hit a couple nice play-action plays again, like you said, or like we had talked about to Nelson Aguilar. Gets them in field goal range. They get their three. Believe goes out in the next drive and then gets knocked out with um, a head injury and is out for the game. Feels like... With the added um, spotlight, if you will, on concussions. Current climate. Yeah, current climate on concussions around Tua Tagovailoa. Um, It feels like that's the reason why he was probably kept out of the game yesterday. He probably reported it and thought, hey, look, I'm 30-something years old. I don't don't have to continue to hurt my head if I'm not going to. Um, Or if I don't have to, rather. So... There was also a lot more uh, head injuries yesterday than I could have ever thought imaginable. They were they were popping up left and right yesterday, which it's a good thing for the league 
it's it's a good thing. Um, but Hoyer leaves, Zappi comes in. Bailey Zappi goes 10 of 15 for 99 yards passing and a touchdown. He had a 107.4 QBR. He managed the game. Like we said, they ultimately played and not lose at the end. So my question to you is, let's say Mac doesn't go next week. What do right. they do at quarterback? Well, it's Zappi. You're not going to bring somebody in. Like, and like you said, Hoyer with a head injury, I, I think it's very unlikely that he's cleared. So That's what I think, not- too. I think, like you sorry to uh, – no, go ahead. With, go the ahead. Cl- with the climate, I kind of want to like lay it out because it's it it can get a little dicey because with the climate, he's yeah. out. He's not going to practice probably for at least a few days this week. So it's almost like you're not just going to sit on Brian Hoyer and once he comes back, throw him in. If you have Zappy all week and you're going to prep with Zappy all week, you're going to put Zappy out there all week. So right. I don't think that that's what they're going to do, but go ahead. So yeah, so you you assume Max still with 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 the high ankle sprain. I think the er, like the the earliest he returns is is the Chicago game. Like realistically, just talking to medical experts, I think that's the soonest he comes back. They, they'll we're still gonna do the 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 whole back and forth. We're gonna do it again this week, and I'm not a doctor, and him standing there at practice and not moving yeah. like that's still gonna happen. But where I don't think we'll get on the field this week, just with with the way they're being careful about concussions right now. Look. They've gone into games with one healthy quarterback. They once went into a game with no healthy quarterbacks. That game in 2016 at Buffalo, right. Jacoby Brissett was the only quarterback dressed and he had a torn lame in his thumb. So yep. circumstance a little different. They knew their real actual starter was coming back the next week, right? And all of that. You don't know what's going on with Mac. You don't know what's going on with Hoyer. I would think they're going to sign somebody, probably Garrett Gilbert. I have a list yeah. of, of potential quarterbacks up right now on 985thesportsub.com. It went, I went like 16 deep. I went and looked I at. I saw that. I took you know, a look today. <laughs> who did Matt Patricia bring in when he was in Detroit? Who did Joe Judge bring in when he was in New York? Got to throw my guy Josh Johnson on there, the ultimate journeyman. Yep. Um, Jordan anyway, Tayamu, I think, was on that Jordan list. Jordan Tayamu was on there. And I, yep. if we were going to rank them in terms of likely, again, I think Garrett Gilbert's the guy. Tayamu's probably in the upper half in terms of most What's, likely. So, yeah, I would say. Well, okay, they so worked a guy him like out before Jake, Jake Patricia Dolgala. signed him. Where is he? Jake right Dolgala is the. Kurt was the backup for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the CFL. Okay. He actually got to play a little bit the last couple of weeks. Okay. The day after Matt got hurt last week, and it was like, oh, hey, they might need a quarterback. What's Jake Dogala up to? I look it up. It's the backup for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I tweeted out 30 minutes later, Saskatchewan Rough Riders tweet out, he got arrested for a DUI. So oh, he's probably okay. off the table. So that's but why you didn't write about him either. Okay. You're, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of on the, well, he's also under contract from another team. You're kind of on the right Fair. track there yeah. in the way you're thinking. Um, that all being said, you're not going to pull some guy off the street to start. You know, you're not going to bring a guy right. in on Wednesday. who's going to start on Sunday. So right. I think Zappy's the starter. The question now, and there's, there's no way to answer this without being inside the building. We're just going to have to right. wait and see. Yep. The question now is, all right, they were very, very careful with Zappy last week. Makes sense. Third string quarterback, first career game at Lambeau Field. They pro- he didn't really pre- probably didn't prepare much during the week. They were probably kind of, right. you know, he didn't have a deep playbook, all that. Now he's at home. It's against the Lions team that has allowed the most points in the NFL through four games. I like where you're going. He gets a chance to prepare. How much more do they open it up with him and really let him lead the offense? I don't think it's going to look like he did with Mac Jones. I don't think he's going to throw the ball 30, 35, 40 times. But I think he'll throw the ball more. I think he'll be more involved. The question is how much more. That's kind That's of the big question coming into this game. And we, we don't know. Right. We'll see. I, he's comfortable, right? He's comfortable back in the shotgun. Five wide. Yeah. He did it. He did it in Spread, college. Yeah. Go sign most, Jared Stearns. Jared Stearns a free agent. I was going to say, yeah, most like he had the most passing yards in a college football season in history. Like he's no stranger to spreading out and throwing the ball. Like you said, and it remains to be seen and we're not going to know until Sunday. But like what, what direction do they go? Because, again, this Detroit Lions team has scored the most points in the NFL and they've let up the most points in the NFL. Right. They they win or lose by the shootout. So do they do they let him open it up? Is it a game where this is where I keep going back and forth in my own head, right? They're one and three. They've had some winnable games. They've shown they can compete. The next five or six games are absolutely winnable football games. Yeah. And it's an, you're in an AFC now that 
is not nearly as competitive as we as we once thought it was going to be. The AFC West, the daunting AFC West, is like it's kind of a joke now with with what's going on in Denver and what's going on in Vegas, right? So like right. you're gonna have a you're gonna have a shot if you can win a couple of these games and bring back your first round pick quarterback to potentially, if you can get through it, get yourself in the playoffs. So do you stick to the script of last week of hand the ball off, run the ball, go back to your roots, or do you kind of let, like I said, let Zappy open it up the way he used to? What do you think they do? What do you think they want to do? And what do you want them to do? Kind of keep building off that stuff. Yeah, so this is one of the rare cases where what I want them to do and what I think they'll do is actually the same thing. Okay. I think they'll throw it more than they did last week. I yeah. think they're still going to see some of that under center stuff, but they'll, they'll let them throw. They'll spread it out a little bit. Um, I think they'll throw more, but again, it's not going to be a ton. I think you're probably looking at 20, 25 pass attempts, assuming they can, assuming the score allows it. Uh, and then they, they'll, they'll run the ball, you know, try to control the game with the run like they did, get that push from right. the offensive line, get both backs going. Both Ramondre Stevenson and Damon Harris were excellent in this game, by the way, against yeah, yeah. the Packers. Yeah. Uh, the one thing, maybe they take some, some shots early. Maybe they take a shot or two early yeah. to see if they can, you know, blow that lead up or get an early lead and kind of give themselves some room to coast and, and run the ball. The, the one question here. So you want Bailey Zappa to be able to do what, what he's comfortable doing and what he's done. You go back to Western Kentucky. And again, right. I mentioned the name Jareth Stearns. If you don't know who that is, when Bailey Zappi set all those single season records in Western Kentucky last year, Jareth Stearns was his number one receiver. And I mean, it heavily skewed towards Jareth Stearns in 14 games. He had 150 catches 1900 yards and i i want to say 15 touchdowns it was double digit touchdowns i mean they faced app state in the bowl game who was the 17th ranked defense in the nation last year jared stearns in the first half had 13 catches for 180 something yards and a couple scores so i again i i say they should sign jared stearns jokingly but this is if, if you never you're know, gonna let right? bailey zappy do what he wants to do that's attacking the slot Right. Yeah. That's throwing the ball. It's going to the slot receiver early, often letting that guy create. So. I think it will help tremendously if Jacoby Myers can play in this game and it feels yeah, like it's trending that way. He thought yeah. he was going to play last week. He ends up getting benched last minute. Didn't. But if he has Jacoby Myers in the slot, that's going to really help him out. Maybe they feel a little comfortable letting him throw the ball a little bit more, giving him that safety blanket. Definitely. And we'll. uh We'll get to, I mean, we kind of, we veered off Pat's Packers into Pat's right. lens a little bit here. We'll get into I mean, it's more. all, it's all part of the same story. Right? Yeah, no, it's all, I'm just saying it's, it's all kind of snowballing off itself right now. We're going to end up previewing Pat's lines more in depth on uh, Thursday night. So yeah. stay tuned for that stuff. We'll talk again about the quarterbacks and kind of see where they, see what direction they go as far as can, if Hoyer comes back, if Zappy's getting all the reps, where Mac Jones is in this whole situation, if he even attempts to practice. And then we'll kind of get more in depth with that on Thursday. One note about this, Jareth Cerns, who I obviously I heard the name when la uh, two years ago or last year rather when yeah. Zappy was setting all the records right. He was uh he was Houston Baptist and Western Kentucky as well. He followed he was Zappy in both too. spots. I didn't and he, I didn't know that. That's pretty that's pretty cool. He got signed by Tampa. I really thought Brady was going to turn him into a stud. I he, he went. We also thought athlete. Brady was going to turn what's his name into a stud and uh, who? What's the kid from North Texas? Uh, oh, Jalen Darden. Yeah, Jalen Darden. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. But no, but Jareth Stearns is like, I just thought J Jalen Darden was going to be a stud wherever he went. Yeah, that's fair. Jareth Stearns is like such a Brady receiver. Seven yards, find the open spot, right. make the first guy miss. I mean, that's what he does. He, uh, I guess it didn't work out. He's a little on the smaller side. Maybe in another, yeah. another time, you know, paths cross different times. But if they want, from what I understand, Jareth Stearns is healthy and ready to go. So, for whatever yeah. that's. It, yeah, you never know. Um, okay. Yeah. So, any final thoughts on Pat's Packers? Um, like I said, we've gone a little back and forth, but back to back to you know the meat of this yeah. podcast here, Pat's Packers. Any last kind of final thoughts on what you saw? I'll in, say this, and, this and people who watch this show regularly are going to be shocked to hear this come out of my mouth. Jake Bailey needs to be better. He that okay, was a rough yeah. game. He continues to struggle. He continues yeah. to put the ball right in the end zone. I thought there was one that maybe the coverage team, Brendan Schooler, could have had a shot at that bounce into the end zone, but they had that. He, he he shanks that kick that that probably should have cost them the game. Even that other punt where he's punting out of his own end zone and he needed to flip the field. Uh, not a not a bad punt, but not a good punt. You know, when a guy's coming off an all pro, when you give him the extension, 
Patriots hadn't given a punter a real extension since Rich Camarillo in the mid-1980s. This is before either of us were born, Mike. Yeah. Bill doesn't bring punters back. Where do you pull so, these things out of? For his, uh, this is what I do. I sit and I do the research <laughs> while everybody else is out having fun enjoying their lives. Fair. Um, <laughs> Bailey, he's got to be better. And he was hurt yeah. last year, and I get that. He's, by all accounts, perfectly healthy now. So they got to get more out of him. They really do. Yeah, there's Especially even when Matt comes back. I would say the special teams as a whole has been hot and cold. Even when Matt comes back, field position is going to be a, a – it's just the way his team is built. Field position is going to be right. key. That's how most Bill Belichick teams are built. they right. got to be able to flip the field with the punter. Yeah, totally. Again, if you can flip the like – like I had just said, and uh, quick plug again, wrote about this in my five takeaways, special teams, once again, hot and cold because you have this – so-called respected special teams group as the Patriots, right? You have guys like Matt Slater. Justin Bethel was here. He's gone now. But, like, guys who you keep on the roster, Cody Davis, Brendan Schooler, guys you keep on the roster strictly for special teams. You're supposed to be sound special teams 95% of the time when you're burning roster spots for guys who are just on the field for your 10-ish special teams plays a game. You can't be making those mistakes. And you, like you said, you need to be better at Jake Bailey because in a game like yesterday where field position was so important, Marcus Jones did his job as a return man. Jake Bailey did not do his on the opposite side. So I don't want to say it lost them the game because there was plenty of other things that they did to ultimately not win that game. But like you said, it has to be better. So um, outside special teams, any final thoughts? The only thing I have left is uh, I think that they showed that they can – at least compete and be gritty with top teams in the NFL. I don't know if they're going to win every game. They're going to, they're, but they're going to fight. Ugh. They kind of showed it. Are the Packers a top team in the NFL? Honest question. I don't. I mean, they're they, what three and one at the top of the NFC NFC North. They're not. They're not the same as they were with Devontae. They're, they're not. We talked about it last week. That defense is legit, and they're not very good that, offensively. But they but you have Aaron Rodgers and Romeo Dobbs was. Kind of okay. He dropped the one in the end zone, right? But yeah, Romeo Rogers Dobbs is beating a guy like Jonathan throws. Jones, who has been. Yeah, we're not yeah. gonna. But we're not gonna do the whole. Oh, is Rogers not that good anymore? He just yeah. won two back to back MVPs. We're not. Gonna I'm not saying that. he's not that good anymore. I just I don't know that he can elevate the pieces around him enough. It feels very 2019 Patriots ish. Was Brady not good anymore? No, but he didn't look good because it just it was all new players who he had no chemistry with, and none of them were actually that good. Outside of okay, but there's Edelman, a, so but there's a difference between the skill set of Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson than the skill set of Nikhil Harry and Nikhil Harry. <laughs> is there? Are we sure? Yes. I just yes. I, I was, uh what Romeo Dobbs did yesterday was better than anything Nikhil Harry did ever, and he dropped the touchdown pass. So like it just I, I'm not saying they're great. We I, talked about Christian Watson dropping that duff, but they two rookies scored touchdowns yesterday. They're better than what Brady had in twenty nineteen. It just fe- Rodgers feels very uncomfortable in that offense. He, d- I don't think he likes that situation he's in. Yeah, but, and that, he, hasn't, that will, but he hasn't liked it for years, and he still no. Him. This is different. This is different. It's he doesn't tr- he doesn't trust any of them outside of Randall Cobb. I don't think he really trusts anybody he's throwing the ball to, and that's going to manifest itself down the road when they play better teams. I suppose, but again, I don't know. I just think that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and he's still a top top five quarterback in the NFL, and that's kind of going to be there no matter what. And you can at least – you're a playoff team, and the Patriots oh, are Oh, I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. Okay, okay so the Patriots are competing with playoff teams. I guess we can – Okay, that's fair. Rephrase that, I guess. I mean, I sure. still think they're a, they're a top so-and-so. I, I mean, we don't have to go through the entire NFC, but they're they're up there. They're, they're, they're a good not, team. I mean, when Their I defense say, is very good. That defense is filthy. Yeah. When you talk about the upper echelon of teams, I look at the Chiefs, I look at the Rams, you know, I, I don't quite put them on that level. They're maybe a step below. Okay, but what are the Rams this year? That's true. And Rams haven't been very good. There really are no good teams in the NFL. I know. It's weird. It's it's a bizarre. There, there's like, I love it. It's the, great. It's the Chiefs. It's the Bills. It's Are the Bills that good? Okay. They haven't looked at the last two weeks. Okay. They really no, haven't. But they, Okay, but they also came back and they kind of shoved it in Baltimore's, you know what, yesterday. Toward Everybody game. comes back against Baltimore. Patriots almost came back against Baltimore. So is Baltimore not that good? Where's Baltimore? Now? All I'm saying is there were about – It's a fun league. Both, it's a fun this league. Is, this is for both quarterbacks. There were about nine dropped interceptions in that game yesterday. Yeah, I know. So. 
Josh Allen was kind of reverting to 2018 Josh Allen a couple times there. That whole yeah, and it, it, we, we don't need to mention that he did it against Miami or he did it against the Rams because then I get called a hater and I get derogatory messages in my inbox. So I won't mention it, but just watch that. Watch for that. Remember the uh, remember the the lateral against the Texans in the playoff game, Josh Allen. Yeah, that was a fun Josh Allen. Okay, so that's <laughs> that's that. Uh, we are. We will finish up uh, Pat's Packers there. Uh, tough, gritty game, loss in overtime. Heartbreak as an analyst and a fan. Um, guess they showed that they can compete, but um, we'll see what happens with the quarterback position and everything else going forward when they take on the Lions next week. Let's transition into a quick thought on Monday Night Football because we can talk about the Rams. We can talk about more NFL stuff right here. The Rams are at the 49ers tonight. The 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo are two-point favorites. Um, what do you think of that game? Who do you think wins? I know you're not a predictions guy, but you're also not really a predictions guy for the Patriots. So what do you got in the NFC West? Your guy, Jimmy yeah, G. Where's that? That game's in San Francisco, right? Yeah, it's at San Francisco, yeah, which I explains mean, kind of, them being favorites. Right. It, it's kind of put up or shut up time for the for the Rams here. Defending Super Bowl champions, you have all that talent. You got to, you know, beat a, a superior team. The Niners aren't good. I go back to that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to fix everything. I go back to that game against Denver where he steps out of the back of the end zone. Yeah. He's not fixing anything. They still don't have a quarterback that leaves them stagnant offensively. The defense is talent, sure, but I think they're going to play a lot of these games where, you know, both teams are struggling to get into the 20s. The Rams can score. The Rams are, are, are going to break that defense at some point tonight. They can move the ball. They'll turn it over, but they can move the ball. It's, it's put up or shut up time for the Rams. Like I just said, I kind of misspoke putting them in that top tier. I'm just off the top of my head. You know, all right, defending Super Bowl champion. Uh, if they really want to be in that top tier, they got they got to win this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, they need to they need to show something after that, what they did last year, because yeah. they were a team. People forget. People think the Rams were a wagon all year last year. They were up and down and up and down, and they hit their stride at the right time. They were like the four seed right. in the NFC playoffs, I think. So they hit it at the right time. It was really fun because I bet the Rams before the season as soon as they traded for Stafford to win the Super Bowl. So that was pretty fun. Um, but they, like you said, they need to put up a shot up. Let's look at the something I just need that I found in the chat. And I want your thoughts on this. No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> I don't think so either. And to all be the, fair. Funny, I, all, the, all the knocks I hear on Mac are people accurately describing Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't make reads. He just throws into triple coverage. He gets picked off by linebackers. Like, actually watch the games, please, if you're going to come out and do this. No, Jimmy Garoppolo struggles to put up points. He can't first – I shouldn't say can't stay on the field because Mac's hurt right now as well. But Yeah, but – He's – let's put it this way. I think if you were going to just rate them out of 100 – Right, Madden rating. Sure. To be very kind to Jimmy Garoppolo, they're probably about even right now. I'll say that they're probably about yeah, even yeah, right that, now. I can but I can agree with that. Here's the difference: Mac Jones is in his second year. He's what 24, 25 years old. Jimmy Garoppolo's thirty. Mac Jones right. still has a lot of time to get better. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start regressing before you know it. Get out of here with that. Jimmy Garoppolo is not better than Mac Jones. He's just not. There is no way, shape, or form you can make that argument. He is not better than Mac Jones. If you want Jimmy Garoppolo over Mac Jones, you're still one of these people stuck romanticizing <laughs> that he was going to come in and be the next guy for Brady. He never was going to be. He was never that good. All right? You need – You need. I, I get okay. why people this followed Brady. This is where Brady. I push on. back on you, Barth. I get why <laughs> people followed Brady to Tampa, and they still root for Brady in Tampa. I do to one extent. I totally understand that. You, there is no reason you have to root for Jimmy Garoppolo. There is no reason you should be tied for Jimmy Garoppolo. If he did anything to the Patriots, he screwed them over when they could have maybe potentially in a perfect season in 2016. And he, to quote Martellus Bennett, bitched his way out of those games starting, right? I just, it's, he's, he, I don't get why people like him. He's not good. He's constantly whining. He's constantly hurt. He's kind of a miserable guy. I, I don't I, I just don't see the draw. I don't I wouldn't see the call draw. him a miserable guy. I, I I you have you do, you make your points on Jimmy Garoppolo. I miserable guy, he's been him. bitching nonstop about being given this golden platter uh, uh, situation in San Francisco with the weapons around him. He hated it but so much. But they made stuff happen. They went to a Super Bowl, they won their division, they've made the Jimmy can can make do with what's around him for the most part. Um, last week when we kind of got into it on Jimmy, I believe it was on the post game show. 
he did me no favors and he stepped out of the end zone like Dan Orlovsky. So I can't sit here and actively defend Jimmy Garoppolo after he did that to me last weekend uh, against Denver. Right. Uh, losing to Denver and Nathaniel Hackett, which is, you know, it's and that's hard to do nowadays. By the uh, way, so let, let me say this because I see it in the chat, right? Oh, he wins. Look at his record. He wins games. The Niners almost won that game. That was almost another W. Chalk it up. For Jimmy, okay, but if you go down, what he's okay, but if you go down to win the game, that's that that works for me. No, the defense allowed a score, they had the lead, the defense allowed a score. They didn't almost oh, win that okay, game. Okay, you're right, you're right. I'm not okay. saying they almost won that game because Jimmy went nope, down and let a score. He was always throwing that pick. They could have been running the clock out if the defense got a stop, which, by the way, defense held the other team in the teens. You should win that game every single time. Agreed. Those are the kind of games that. Jimmy Garoppolo's win-loss record might be the most misleading stat in the history of sports. I'll put it right up there with Casey Kochman's career fielding percentage as the most misleading stat in the history of North American team sports. I'm not going to go that far. I've been a Jimmy guy. He was he was good when he played here. He he's definitely injury prone. All, he's all like ten a, snaps before he got hurt. Uh, that's what I, it was promising, and he's went to a Super Bowl. He's he's a guy who can play in the league. He's very hot and cold. He's very mistake prone. But again, I'm not. I'm not as down on him, I guess, as you are. But we'll see what happens tonight. We'll, I'm sure yeah. we'll. I'm sure we'll text about the game when Jimmy's out there slinging the rock against the, against the uh, the Rams tonight. But I am going to also take the Rams in this game. I think I agree with you. It's put up or shut up time for them. So uh, should be good NFC West battle. Um, one more thing before we get going, and uh, now that with my kind of debut full-time hosting-ishness in the Patriots Beat podcast. Alex Barth, uh, my friend from the 98.5 The Sports Hub, is a huge college football guy. I am a pedestrian bandwagon college football fan, if you will. I'll watch it here and there. I obviously pay attention. I'm a big I'm a big on Twitter guy. I'm a stats guy, hey, so I love college you football. You were in on, on, uh, on Spencer Rattler not being the real deal last year. Exactly. Yeah, totally. You were He's... all in on that. You had that. So let's debut our backdrop from our good producer, our good friend, uh, Amit. College football minute. We do see Notre Dame in there still, Alex. So we kind of went over this earlier, but new backdrop, new segment on the Patriots Beat podcast. It looked cool looking. besides, just ignore that logo in the middle of it. Yeah. It looked cool besides that, so we'll let it fly for Amit. It's there. a great backdrop. So thank you, Amit. Uh, let's do a quick college football minute about this weekend because this weekend was, uh, there were some pretty good games out there, obviously. I uh, One thing I'll start off the top, I bet on Minnesota this weekend against Purdue. It bit me in the ass. Um, Tanner Morgan is on that. I hate to say it. He's on the Keaton Slovis, Christian Hackenberg trajectory where it's like, oh my God, this guy's so good on this team with promising coach and promising team. And then every year they just get worse and worse and worse and they fall into oblivion. Tanner Morgan's that guy in Minnesota. It was it was a it was a shit game, crap game. I don't know if I'm allowed to were say people that, that here. But... Were people that high on Tanner Morgan? I, like, I like Tanner Morgan as a college quarterback. The guy you're talking about were like people thought we're going to be first round NFL draft picks. I don't know that anybody ever thought that about Tanner Morgan. I guess they weren't with that high on him, but that to Tanner Morgan. No, of course. But that team with PJ Fleck at the helm, they were like, weren't they like top 10 at some points in a couple of years? They were, back? but I mean, it's more of a smash mouth, run the ball, you know, yeah, the, big the, the run the boat right. thing. Like, I, I, yeah, Tanner Morgan's a classic Big Ten college quarterback where like, He's gonna give he he he's gonna get them up and down the field and all that, but nobody nobody's looking twice at him. Like yeah, I guess Hackenberg, right. I, I put him a step above Hackenberg. Though. I don't think Hackenberg it didn't even think Hackenberg was that good in college. Yeah, but he had that hype around him. It was the Bill O'Brien. It was well, as soon as the Paterno State. thing hit the. Hit so the did fan uh, and O'Brien. So did uh, Trace McSorley. Yeah, I loved Trace in college though too. He's electric. He's not an but any quarterback. No, of course not. He uh, yeah. he was the, he was a COVID quarterback for the Bengals or the, not the Bengals the uh, the Ravens a couple of years ago. That was something. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, bet on Minnesota. That that kind of that bit me. But um, Alabama number two team in the country now. Nope, they had a back to number one. Georgia almost lost. M I Z Z O U baby. My almost Tigers. I almost went so, there. Oh really? Yeah. Look at that. So wait. So who's number one now? Is it Georgia or is it Alabama? Bama? No, it's Alabama. Oh, oh it's Alabama. Right, well, they took care of. What I think is a sneaky good Arkansas team. I didn't think they were beating yeah. Alabama. They should have beat Texas A&M last week. I'll tell you this. We we got all excited um, that first I week. Did. I don't know. Did you watch Florida? Did you watch Anthony Richardson that first week against Utah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, he looked like electric, and we all got to look at this guy. He's like 6'5", 240, can right. sling it. He's running around. He's bouncing off contact. 
unfortunately, and I, I thought it would have been fun, but Anthony Richardson's taken a bit of a step back the last couple yeah. of weeks here. The guy we all thought he was going to be, K.J. Jefferson in Arkansas, man, you yeah. want to watch a fun quarterback, big, strong, physical guy. He can move. He can sling the ball all over the yard. Um, really plays, you know, plays with his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. And they got a defense, too, there in Arkansas. I like that Arkansas team, man. So I'll call that a quality win for Alabama with their backup yeah, quarterback. Yeah. They rightfully get say. that number one spot uh, over Georgia, who, again, struggled mm-hmm. with the Missouri team that's not very good. Uh, yeah. But I like this. I like that Arkansas team too, for real. I was going to say, yeah, Jefferson brought them right back in that game. I think Bama was up about yep. 20, 28, nothing early, something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. And then obviously uh Heisman favorite at the time, Bryce Young goes out with a separated shoulder. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, Bama running back goes for 200 plus and kind of seals the deal for them at the end and takes some takes out uh, the Razorbacks at the end. But like yeah. you said, quality win definitely. Cause the sec is the sec. They just continue to beat up on each other. Um, with Bryce Youngheart, let's talk Heisman. Who's the favorite of the Heisman race now? Because I have, obviously, I have this affinity for USC. You've known about for years now. Keaton Slovis was there. Big Keaton Slovis guy. He's obviously taken his uh, his lumps, if you will, out in, out in Pitt now. Um, I know your brother's a, a Pitt guy. And uh, yeah. sort of, uh, yeah, nothing good in, from Keaton Slovis. But back to, the, back to the point here. Caleb Williams is there at USC. CJ Stroud is there at Ohio State. I think they're the two at the top. I lean CJ Stroud. He's the favorite right now. Where do you think this this race ends up? So I think it's those two. Uh, I, I I like Stroud. The, the yeah. two other names I'll throw in. Alabama's always going to have a player in the running. So if, if Young's hurt, it's going to be Gibbs. What about you know, Will he, Anderson? He has that game. As much as I want to think Will Anderson is a Heisman candidate, and as much as I would vote for him, yeah, defensive players. It's just never. If, if when Tyron Matthew didn't win it that year, and I think he was excellent. When Tyron Matthew didn't win it that year, it's if, if he didn't win it that year, it's not going to happen. Will Anderson should be up there. The voters won't yeah. get that one right. The other guy I wouldn't sleep on. It's really interesting. And there's a huge game coming up in two weeks. I think it's at Rocky Top, Alabama, Tennessee, third Saturday in October. Massive rivalry game. That Tennessee team's undefeated. That's going to be a great story. Hendron Hooker comes out and balls out against yeah. Alabama, man. That hype train is going to go off the rails. Where I, I got to see where that game is. Um, so those would be the two other guys yeah. that had again. I think Stroud's the favorite. I think Stroud's the runaway favorite with Young out of the picture. Um, I'll give you Caleb Williams, but these things, the Heisman, the college football playoff, anything that takes voting. If your games kick at 10 o'clock, none of the voters are watching. You're never going to get yeah, that's a good point. East Coast bias. Um, Shamir Gibbs will be in it again because there's always an Alabama guy in it. There's always an right. Alabama guy in it. Right. And I was going to say, it's Hendrick. like uh, with a couple years ago when it was uh, Mac and Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, it. yeah. Devontae Smith won it. It was, so. They were both in there fair and square, and it was uh, – Yeah. They ended up being Smith. So, like you said, there's always another guy. Um, Jameer yeah, but Gibbs. assuming Alabama gets by A&M this weekend, which they should, that's a grunge game for Saban. Tennessee that's is a good. Believe, that's a good matchup with him and Jimbo after the stuff that happened this offseason. Oh, yeah. Tennessee's at LSU, ranked 25th. Yeah. That's a game they should win. You know, those are both kind of tough. It, it, I mean, it's a trap game considering what's coming next week. Right. Tennessee t- Tennessee even comes close against Alabama. That The, the hype's going off the rails, and Hendron Hooker is going to get a ton of praise yeah. for that because he's going to have to have a big game if they want to beat Alabama. What do you think of this one? DJ uh, playing I a lot just, better lately. He's playing a lot better. I know lately he was I, really bad. He was the second coming of Trevor Lawrence. He was bad. We don't like Dabo. At least I don't like Dabo. He's a, he's I a clown. I do not like Dabo. Yeah. He comes in and he pounds his fist. Like this is my team and nobody else's. And he, it's like, it's, it's his and it's not the players. It's nonsense. Just, but I know DJ's DJ's played good football lately. I don't know if he's out. I think the, uh, I think David here kind of has a point low key. Low yeah, key Loki, he would have to be because here's the thing. I mean, who are these guys going up against? I think there's like like you mentioned Caleb Williams. There's some really good teams out there in the Pac-12. I think yeah. Utah's a legit team. UCLA might be legit, which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, obviously in the SEC, you know, you're going to go up against defenses with first round picks across the board every week, whether it's Hooker, yeah. whether it's whoever. Uh, you know, uh CJ Stroud just kind of has that Ohio State brand. The ACC sort of sucks. I think that that NC State game was probably the toughest Sam Hartman, opponent anyone? DJ's going to face. I love Sam Harvey. He's not going to win. I love Sam Harvey. 
Especially um, after they lost to Clemson. That's not going to happen. But I don't know. Like, I don't know that there's going to be that moment, maybe in the ACC championship game, for DJ to have that Heisman moment where all these other guys yeah. are going to play these really high-profile games. I'd have to pull up Clemson's schedule real quick. I don't. They might not play another ranked team the rest of the year. Um, oh, uh, they got BC. I mean, Florida State's okay. Syracuse is ranked, but they're weird as hell. Notre Dame sucks. Yeah. Louisville sucks. Miami sucks. South Carolina sucks. So I just don't know that he gets that moment right to win it. He, he's and he, who knows if he's going to stick like this. He's struggled. So um, the real interesting, if you want a sleeper, somebody just put it in the chat. The real interesting sleeper for the Heisman. If Georgia can get it figured out, is Brock Bowers. That dude, every time there's a white tight end that like plays somewhat physically, baby Gronk, yeah. baby Gronk. No, this this guy's a real deal. This guy's the best <laughs> tight end prospect I've seen since Gronk. This kid, was he 6'7, 250, runs like a 445. Better He's... prospect than Pitts. Because uh, <laughs> that was that Pitt. was legit. Kyle Pitts is like insane. I, they're right there. Wise. They're neck and yeah. neck. They're neck. Yeah. I forgot about Kyle Pitts. They're yeah. neck and neck. Because the only one before, the only one prior to Pitts I can think of as far as a prospect was like OJ Howard, who went way too high in the draft anyway. And he was OJ Howard's a, entire draft stock is based off the fact that Clemson decided to not cover him in a big yeah, game. right. So uh, again, no, there was um, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson were oh those yeah, were, those, guys, those guys were, were yeah, big, but no Brock I, Bowers I, right there with 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 Kyle Pitts. That guy's a yeah. real. That guy's the real freaking deal. Yeah, um, I guess me and Barth could sit here and talk about potential tight ends winning the Heisman for another hour and a half. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, we're not going to do that. Um, we're going to wrap. This was fun, Alex. Thank you for, uh, thank you for sitting here and talking some yep. ball with me for, uh, a little over an hour here. Me and Alex will be back, um, on Thursday night. We will preview Patriots versus lions coming up next Sunday at one. Um, Make sure to check out all of Alex's stuff on 985thesportsup.com. He's got you covered with all Boston sports, a lot of Patriots right now. Um, so check out Alex's stuff. You can find my stuff at clnsmedia.com. Um, like Alex said, like I said, and Alex kind of rebutted a million times. I wrote about all the rookies today on the Patriots roster. Uh, we'll have some game previews coming up this week, some some gambling, some gambling sports betting stuff. So uh, make sure to tune in there. Follow us both on Twitter. He's at RealAlexBarth. I'm at Mike Cadlick. Um, Again, thank you all for tuning in. We will be back on Thursday night. Thank you all for watching, and uh, we'll see you soon.